0: Hey everyone, we have a great episode for you on Kenneth Hoy's job search. We sat down with him back in late January. It's worth noting that he's still actively looking for the right opportunity. So if you're interested in this talented technical evangelist in the enterprise space, we recommend tweeting him before he gets snatched up. That's Ken Hoy, New York, at K E N H U I N Y. Now to the
1: show.
2: Welcome back to another week of The Geek Whispers. I'm Amy Lewis. I'm Matt Brender.
1: And I'm John Mark Troyer.
2: And we are podcasting in the new year, a time of change, time of transition for a lot of people. And we have a great guest and a great topic tonight. Ken, can you introduce yourself to everybody?
3: Sure. Uh, My name is Kenneth Hoy. I'm uh, currently uh, Director of Technical Marketing at Platform9, at least for the next few weeks. And I've been in the uh, both the OpenStack and the VMware community for a number of years, and uh, listened to this show pretty faithfully. And everything I do wrong, I blame the show on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's perfect. Let's continue that trend right into the new year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nothing like knowing we change lives for the worse.
3: So, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, and actually. You're on today because you don't follow the Josh Atwell warning, which is don't talk to me on Twitter. And you wrote a really interesting blog, and we started to talk a little bit about it online. And it kind of leads us to our conversation of you have very recently made a really challenging career decision. Do you want to talk us through a little bit about the blog you wrote, about some of your decisions, about what's coming up for you?
3: Sure. Yeah. Just a little quick little background Um, for those who don't know the position I currently have. with a startup that's based in the Bay Area, and I've been there roughly eight months. And about, oh, probably a few weeks ago, I made the decision that um, not only was I going to resign from the company, and we can talk about why, you know, very quickly if you want, but I decided I would actually do that without having found a new job first. So I'm literally kind of jumping out of the airplane without a parachute or a net. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull Keith Townsend and rely on the community that I've built up around the OpenStack and the VMware community and and see if they can help me find what my next adventure will be.
2: And yes, if Mrs. Keith Townsend is listening, um, we're sorry again, because I feel like (laughs) I still have to apologize to her from last time.
1: Uh, And do we, just for folks that don't know, Keith is a friend of the podcast as well. And we did a great interview with him on his job search process that was in public. Do you guys know what episode it was? It was 74. It was 74. So check that out if you're interested in our conversation here today.
2: And yeah, the sort of inside joke is Keith went on air and said that because of the Geek Whispers, he decided to take the somewhat traditional move that Kenneth is taking. We're racking them up here, people. That's right.
3: are starting a whole trend of voluntarily unemployed tech evangelists. <laughs>
0: So, Ken, yeah, this is almost exactly a year ago. We we talked to Keith and just got to say, so what makes you follow the path?
3: Well, I, I think it helps I right, obviously have someone I, I respect who kind of gone down that path. And I've seen it actually work out, even with some of the, the uh, challenges that I know he had and shared about. But really, I, when I was thinking about what I should do, one of the things that came up was, you know, it's the beginning of the new year. And, you know, I knew I wanted to, I was going to leave. And I asked myself, do I really want to string my company along, particularly a startup, for basically agreeing to do every task they give me while knowing that I I was planning to bail at some point? So I decided for their good, uh, it would be better for me to to just come out clean and say, you know what, I'm not committed right now to the company for various reasons and it's time for me to
1: leave. Yeah, I think it might. that's one side note that's interesting, I think, because... I mean, at all our jobs, right, we should be doing our full effort. But at a startup especially, my God, you need to be so all in because you're one of a small, small team. And I do want to say your blog post was, you really did pull out that uh, your current employer, Platform9, you really were bullish on them and thought that they were a great product and team. I like them too, right? I really love the team. I really love the product. I think it's really exciting what they're doing. So I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. But it it wasn't the actual team and the startup and the product that was the issue here, and you
3: no, not at all. In fact, um, one of the things I shared in the blog post is we've actually explored the possibility of, of me acting as an advisor even after I leave, which tells you, kind of lets you know that I'm leaving in good terms and that I'm, as you said, very bullish on the company still. I think that's what struck me
2: too. It's just in a, a dog-eat-dog world and you hear all these negative things, it was really, in some ways, a positive story. You wanted to do the right thing by the company and yourself and and felt that this was the again, not a traditional way of doing it maybe, but maybe it needs to be a, a new tradition of yeah. um, assessing what you want and what the company needs and, and really figuring it out.
3: Yeah. You know, I, I would caution <laughs> before anyone else, you know, everyone else decides to jump on the bandwagon and do the same. <laughs> um, there's one thing that I think made it easier for me to make that decision, which may be the second part of why I decided to resign for having a job, which is that I feel like that over the years I've built up a strong enough community that I actually are thinking to myself, maybe I could actually have better success finding a job by making my job search very public and basically being able to talk to my entire community as opposed to what's typically being done, which is you're basically kind of skulking around and doing interviews in secret because you don't want your employer to know that you're job hunting. But I feel like I can do that because I've built up hopefully some credibility with with, uh, several communities of people who, who believe in what I do I don't know if I would advise a uh, you know a 25-year-old who, on his first job to do the same.
2: I like that. It's actually making me think of the podcast we did with Scott Lowe, where we asked him what's one thing he would never do again. And he said he would have called on his community earlier. And uh, that's just resonating with me that the importance of community, we're teasing you a little of jumping without a net, but you do have that net. You've built up your network, like you said, you've acted responsibly through your career. So it isn't... As, as you say, it's not an extreme circumstance where you are doing this and, and still skulking about, like you said, the sort of more traditional, quiet, secretive way. It's uh, yeah. Yeah. based on yeah. experience.
3: So I, I, and I had actually had a conversation with a good friend just earlier today who's in a similar uh, situation I am and you know one of the things I talked about was, given what I've done, I can actually go to a bunch of people who understand what a techno evangelist actually does and have them help me find you know, opportunities. Or I could do the traditional way, which is go talk to a recruiter who have no idea what a tech evangelist does and
2: basically get be set up for five interviews to be a sysadmin. <laughs> tech recruiters might have to be, we haven't done one of our Star Wars theme shows. Maybe we need to make them a new dark side character. <laughs>
0: yeah. The Force Awakens. Not in a good way in that case. So Ken, can you tell us a little bit more about what brought you to the conclusion that you wanted something else. It seems like you had a symbolism around the new year that it came to mind. What I like about that is that it's saying that you're actually taking the time to think about, am I getting what I want out of my career? And what do I need to change to get there if I'm not? So wanted to give some more insights to others about that experience for you.
3: Yeah, the two things I've been very kind of bullish about in, my, in, in the last few years, and I've actually blogged about this. Uh, one is that I, I really believe strongly that you want to follow your passion when it comes to your career, or you know, well, anything in life, but specifically in your career. You want to do what you're passionate about, not just what pays the bills from day to day. And I know not everyone has that luxury of being able to make that kind of a choice. Fortunately, I have. And so anytime I you go know, into New Year, I ask myself, Am I still following my passion? A, because if I'm not, then I'm not going to be happy. But maybe, And just as importantly, uh, my employer is probably not going to get their money's worth because I'm not able to give my all right, to, to what I do. So that's one aspect. And then the other thing, which is something I learned when I was uh, at Rackspace, is they make all their employees take a test called the uh, Strength Finder. And the idea of the Strength Finder is you basically find the five traits that you have that are your strengths. And what Rackspace believes, and I do too, is that instead of focusing, you know, as we often do in the corporate world on on what you're weak and trying to bolster that up, find out what your strengths are and focus on those things that leverage your strengths. I do that as well. And, you know, for a number of reasons, we uh, we're just at a point right now where the things I was doing at Platform 9, while it's still very important, I didn't feel like quite match what I was passionate about or match the things I was strongest at. And when I see that happening, that's a signal to me that maybe I need to
2: rethink what I should be doing. I really like that you have structure and method to your process. I think a lot of people get challenged with these difficult crossroad types of decisions and and feel stuck. So when you're making hard career decisions, what are some of the other tools and tricks you use? to kind of move you forward, to propel you through that process?
3: Well, that, you know, community becomes all important in that in that respect, right? So before I made this decision, I actually reached out to a number of people that I trust and just talked with them and said, hey, here's, here's my situation. Here's, you know, here's some options I can take. What do you guys think? And basically, I, I don't let them necessarily make the decision for me. What I trust them to do is to basically give the counter arguments and have them make sure that my arguments to myself are, the, are tight. airtight. And in this case, um, after talking with, I think, four or five people that I trust, almost all of them kind of let, came to the same conclusion with me, which is that you need to be true to yourself and think about um, resigning. Now, they didn't all necessarily agree that I should go ahead and resign our a job first, but they didn't all agree <laughs> it would be better for myself and for Platform 9 that I move on.
1: I think one of the interesting things to sidestep for a sec that's worth bringing out, again, is that a job title is a job and a technical evangelist or systems engineer or, you know, receptionist, you know, whatever your job is, the role can be very different in different companies and different places. So, you know, some people in tech evangelists, right? Some people write, some people speak, some people code. There's all sorts of different roles and even sysadmin, right, or, or, or sales engineer, right? There, there, are, there are ones that, that sit at home all day, and there are ones that go on the road all day. I mean, there's just so many variables that if you're trying to match your career goals and your temperament and your skill set to the job, you can't just go on title or even, you know, the, the, the essence of the role alone. You've got to see what the specifics are.
3: Yeah. Actually, actually I have a friend, um, Matt Calger, who's at EMC, and he, te- he always says, when you're at a startup, titles are free. You can name yourself, you can give yourself whatever (laughs) title you want, but it doesn't necessarily match the job you eventually do.
2: That's a great Um, line.
3: And I think even, and again, at a startup particularly, right? Because when you go in, you may have a vision of what you're going to do, but startups are a very fluid thing. (laughs) And if things change, your job may change and you either need to change with that uh, job or you need to go elsewhere.
2: I, I think that's such an interesting observation too. The thread I wanted to pull on a little bit was you talk about community and talking to people whenever you're going to make sort of a non-traditional move how do you balance say I think it's like a financial advisor right and balancing yeah, your portfolio yeah. how do you balance those advisors the risk averse with the you know ride the bomb down kind of people so especially you know and coach us through a little bit of again your own thinking of of doing this in this non-traditional way. But how do you choose the right people to not reinforce confirmation bias? You know, who give you the proper amount of crazy check, but also encourage you.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. So what I do is I try to talk to people who are not only in technology, <laughs> but also people who are not, uh, who are outside, right? Who who don't know this crazy world that we live in. And I get their advice. So, so particularly, I talk to my wife, and uh, she talks to her friends. And she had a number of friends who said, "Your husband wants to do what?" <laughs> I see crazy. So, so I try to get a plethora of opinion from people who are both inside and outside of the world that, that I am in, in terms of my career. But the other thing is I, you know, and this is probably a bit of advice for anyone who's thinking about doing what I'm doing is don't even attempt to do this unless you have the full support of your family. Because, and I remember I had a couple of conversations with my family where I would keep asking them, are you sure are you supportive of this? You know, have you thought about what would happen if, a happened and B happened and and we don't have this and that. And they all and each time they came back and said, we we believe in what you're doing and you should go ahead and do it. If at any point they had said, you know what, I hadn't thought of that. I think that's a terrible idea because what you know, what if we lose our medical insurance and we can't pay some bills, I would probably have not gone the way I did.
2: I cannot even reinforce that enough. I think that is so spot on and regardless of what it is, what kind of major career move you're talking about. When I made the move, I made to solid fire. And I sat down with the juniors and had that conversation, you know, it impacted all of us. So I just, I think that's an often overlooked, but really important point.
3: Yeah, I agree. I I think, and I think, you know, it's easy for us sometimes folks who are in IT, because we tend to be type A folks, that we're always striving towards what the next big career move is for us. And we sometimes forget that the reason we're doing this is really to support our families. And the other thing is, I uh, I have that type of personality that I can convince people to do things <laughs> or to agree my point of view. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm a tech evangelist.
2: <laughs> I um, was going to say, the strength finders yeah. undoubtedly told you that.
3: So knowing that actually helps, right? Because I can go back. That's why I'm so careful when I talk with people and with my family to say, essentially, don't fall into the sphere of influence. <laughs> Don't be hypnotized by what I'm saying. I need to know what you really, really think. And sometimes we can we we don't take that second um, second look at things, or we don't really check to make sure our families really are on board with what we do. Because sometimes they we're so good at convincing them that we're right, or, or we or they you know they want to try so hard to to be supportive that sometimes we're shortchanging their ability to to basically um, say no to
2: us. I'm impressed you have that skill because I'll be happy to export some preteens for anybody who wants to be told they're wrong all the time.
1: <laughs> oh, Amy, you're so wrong. Hey, so Geek Whispers, this is kind of interesting from a social media perspective, right? We've talked about the impact of social media on how corporations communicate and on careers and, you know, how people get information and, and the buying process and the learning process and all this other stuff that, that has happened over the last 10 years of this, um, you know, what we used to call Web 2.0. I think it's um, with Keith and now with Ken, the idea of, wow, we're, you know, social media and we, we know about social media in terms of finding a job, but this, the reason we're having this podcast and it's kind of fun to talk about, right, it was, it's kind of so public when you, not to say I'm looking, but say, you know, Hey, I've, I've, you're just, you kind of, it's, it's a little bit, um, I want to say bold, Ken. I also want to say it's uh, very vulnerable. You put yourself in a very vulnerable position emotionally, right? You're saying, Hey, I'm, I am now officially looking. You know I had a great job. It wasn't a correct, you know I felt like it wasn't the right fit for right me right now, and you're casting that wide net, which you know you could not have done twenty years ago, ten years ago, right? You would have done it in a completely different way,
3: yeah, and well, I think the way I look at you know there's a couple of ways you can look at social media right so I can look at the people um I talk with on Twitter as simply followers who listen to my podcast, or I can think of them. Not everyone, uh, admittedly, but mo- many of them. I can think of them as an, a kind of extension of my community that happens not to make, perhaps live in New York City. And so whereas before, you know, my circle of people that would uh, have shared this, what I'm doing today, I would have only been able to share that with a small group of people. I just happen to have a bigger pool of people who, who live in different places. I'm going to share with them the same way that I share with the people who are immediately close to me.
1: I'm guessing you got a lot of DMs.
3: I've gotten quite a few.
0: <laughs> do you also talk to your friends and family over Twitter?
3: Actually, my daughter prefers uh, text.
1: <laughs> I oh, <know>. yes. uh, <laughs> You don't have her on Slack
3: yet? <laughs> uh, no. I, I think if I could um, actually communicate only in pictures, I could do Instagram. That would work for her.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Well, I
0: wanted to ask the one question about location. I mean, you've sure. been commuting back and forth to work with a startup on the other side of the country did you find that you wanted a role closer to home or was location not actually a major factor for you?
3: So I'd say yes and no. Um, I think, and and Amy, I know you've you've talked about this um, and you appreciate this, New York or North Carolina may be the center of a lot of things, but it's not the center of technology, (laughs) especially like data center technology. So I've come to a piece of myself with with the idea that if I'm going to be in this industry, um, travel is going to be a part of what I do. And again, I, you know, I've told that to my family, and they support it. And I wouldn't do it if they didn't support it. You know, I was actually trying to travel out to um, the Bay Area at least once a month, and i um, and that worked out fine in terms of the travel. I think where things get can get difficult, and I would caution anyone who you know who wants to work remote is sometimes the culture of a company may not be quite ready for remote employees and that's not a fault of the company you right? it's just maybe at where the stage of the company's at and so if you're going to work in a remote situation even if you're willing to, to travel you need to kind of think through or learn whether all the times that you're not there <laughs> in person whether you know the, the mechanisms are and cultures in place for you to be able to integrate into the team
0: yeah i, I would just actually add on that That's universally difficult, uh, regardless of size. And I think every team, as they take on remote work, it it can be challenging. I've been doing remote from Boston in two different roles now. And, you know, some days it feels awesome and it's like you're jiving. Other days you feel like you are
1: on an island far, far away from the rest of the world. Matt, for you, Intel had the resources now to pluck you up out of Boston and deposit you squarely in... uh, which quadrant of Portland? I don't. I don't know. It's some quadrant of Portland.
0: Yeah, this might as well be the podcast where I announce it. Oh, sorry I didn't for that, John. I, you hadn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm in fact moving to Portland um, nice. in order to, for that distinct reason that I miss working with people in person, and I look forward to doing so again. So yeah, sometimes aligning those resources are yeah. It's nice when you have the opportunity and. Some companies like large ones are especially likely to have that opportunity for you
1: yeah I mean at Vmware when we were hiring in my team uh you know we we didn't even consider remote it just wasn't you know we were too much over the over the cube wall communicators uh, it just wouldn't have worked
3: yeah and and that's it's not right or wrong necessarily it's it is just what happens to work right for that particular for a particular team and that's what's important so
1: everyone exactly. needs
3: to, but you need to, everyone needs to go in knowing right that and learn that is a particular culture and then be able to adjust if they
1: can. Another place that I thought you put it out there on the line, Ken, um, is you, you kind of said, you know, I think for the next thing I'm, I'm not going to be a startup guy right next and uh, I want to work on a bigger team. And I'm, li- I'm sitting here in Silicon Valley, right? In Silicon Valley, especially over the last few years, we kind of worship the entrepreneur. We've, we've kind of enshrined the entrepreneur and startups as the thing. And in fact, people are on the record, like Paul Graham, saying, you know, if you want to make your fortune, startups are the way to do it. And in fact, the the joke is that everybody in every startup wants to start up their own startup, right? So it's like this uh, pyramid of startups, Ponzi scheme. But recently, and and even pre-stock downturn, I think, so some people had a little bit of a sniff of it, there have been a series of articles and conversation in the Valley about startup thing isn't, if if you're even just looking at monetary compensation, working for a big company, you're probably better off. And there's, you know, working for startups, this golden ticket and this, uh, the stock options and everything, you know, if you do the math on that, that, that doesn't always work out. You're not Mark Zuckerberg dude. So I think it was very vulnerable of you to say, it's also to say, look, I, you know, I, maybe I'm going to enjoy working on a big team as, and I myself, as somebody who went from a, who's now a, a team of one plus a couple of contractors, it's one is the loneliest number.
3: Right. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I actually need to uh, give credit to Matt, uh, to Matt for this. You know, I kind of bang this back and forth. And he did a blog post not long ago, kind of taking off on uh, the uh, whole, was it the uh, Pioneer Settler town planning theme? Um, yes.
0: Yeah, and, we're actually, we're publishing a podcast about that right before this one, Ken. So okay. the timing is excellent. So yes. what about that struck you?
3: Well, I ju- it just made, I think what I liked about that model is A, it helps kind of put into kind of into words, kind of the things I was thinking about in terms of what I was actually drawn to do and what I was most interested in and matches to my strength. And just as importantly, it actually, I think, by having those three tracks and then saying each of them are important, kind of gave me permission to say, you know what? Maybe I'm not a startup guy. <laughs> and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a bad technologist because I don't necessarily want to be a, a pioneer.
1: Amen.
2: And you know what? It's one of the things I've been wanting to jump in and tie a few threads I'm hearing together here of John, to your point of the social media aspect of it, because Ken, I have to compliment you. I thought it was just an extremely classy podcast to John's point, vulnerable, honest, and non-judgmental, which I think is the core of who you are. I think that speaks to your kind of center as a person. Because it just laid out choices and it said, there's always choice A or B and neither one is right nor wrong. It's just the path you take and what's right for you. And even in saying that, I agree. I thought um, Matt's post was excellent in terms of not creating this hierarchy. I think we often, we are type A, people create a hierarchy. One thing is always better than the other. And in that we fail to appreciate the many different ways to do work, to engage, etc. And there's something very freeing about, saying, you know what, forged in fire, perhaps you learn what you really do like and what you don't like. And it's, it's always better to do more of what you like.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I always follow those things that align to your passions and strengths, right? Not just what the world, you know, kind of the outside world, of Silicon Valley tells you, you should be doing if you're a real technologist.
2: No, I love that. I think maybe, maybe that's the, uh, the title of this podcast, you yeah. know, what's a real technologist. So, you know, I've got to ask my classic question, everything, again, you have such a positive personal brand, but uh, if there was one thing, and maybe we'll ask you this question again, six months from now, a year from now, but if there was one thing you would coach somebody to never do again, what would that be?
3: I would say, don't chase after something that doesn't align with what your passions and what you really value. So whether that might be a title or money, you know, I made the mistake, I've made the mistake of chasing after a particular title, and I've made the mistake of saying I'm just going for this job because it pays a lot more than what I was getting paid. And I grant to everyone, right, that you need to support your family. But once you, but what I've always uh, told people is once you've reached a place where you can support your family, I've learned never to chase, just chase the money or the title, but to just focus on the things that, you know, bring me joy and that would help me bring value to whatever, you know, company I work for.
1: I love that. I don't know. Sound sounds kind of Zen, new agey. So chase your <laughs> chase your bliss and and uh, you know the rest will follow.
2: So as you look forward, Ken, give us the pitch. We're gonna ask you in any way where people can find you online. So it's a great time to tell us, yeah. tell us what you're looking for. Tell sure. us what you've discovered about yourself and what you see, what your next steps are.
3: So I actually uh list this in the vlog, <laughs> you know, things I've learned. So one thing I've learned is I really do actually want to be a tech evangelist. (laughs) I actually enjoy talking about technology, new technology and sharing with people and getting them excited about it. So that hasn't changed. I think what has changed is I realized that I enjoy doing that most in the context of working in a team of people who are also doing the same thing. That's something about that kind of shared goal that gets me excited. And I also found that I like, in some ways, I enjoy the challenge more of actually working within an established company that wants to transform itself and be an agent of change in helping uh, their customers, but also their internal sales team, for example, learn how to, you know, embrace a new technology. So, so I think I've, I've actually listed that in my blog. Was you know I'm willing to talk to anyone who's a kind of more of an ex- established company that's looking to get into new technologies and think someone who can help. Get uh, teach that to people and get them excited about it,
2: give me a call. If people are interested in, in you and your blog, where can people find you online?
3: Sure. So the best way to reach me is actually through Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is K-E-N-H-U-I-N-Y, so you know where I live. The other way you can reach me is I'm on LinkedIn. You can look for Kenneth Hoy. And my blog post is just cloudarchitectmusings.com.
2: Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you uh, coming to us hot off the blog press. We got the inside scoop. So yep. thank you for, for joining us and, and sharing some, some of your, your journey and your wisdom. Really appreciate it.
3: Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I've actually learned quite, um, I'm one of these people who assimilate a lot of knowledge and kind of put them together. And I've learned something, at least one thing, I think from every podcast that you've done. So, and that's all kind of fed into where, where I am today. Well, thanks, Ken.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Unbelievable to hear. So uh, if Speaking in Tech has pimped this podcast, we need to start our own hashtag (laughs) with your job. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for your time. And uh, until next week, listeners. Thank you for listening and tell us your story. We're looking forward to sharing it. You've
0: been listening to the Geek Whisperers podcast. Tune in on iTunes or Stitcher for regular stories of technology careers, cultures, and lives. Share it with a friend or invite us to an event through our website, geek-whispers.com. Find us on Twitter at geek underscore whispers or at JTroyer, Troyer, MJ Brender, and CommsNinja. ninja. Thanks for listening and see you next time.